Welcome to B2B Craftworks, a podcast about business writing. I'm here for my next update in August. I took a few weeks away from the mic because I was at the beach napping pretty much the whole time. I was either at the beach making food for toddlers or napping. And as it turns out, that's what my life was missing. Afternoon naps. Who knew? I guess toddlers knew. But from the way they scream about it, you wouldn't think afternoon naps are a good thing. But I came out of that week feeling super refreshed. And it's been really cool to bring leisure life with me from before vacation, when I had to ramp up a little bit, during vacation when I was absolutely off screens. It was amazing. I did Kindle reading most nights, but otherwise I left my phone at home. I wasn't doing email. I actually had it set up with my virtual assistant, Shelly, where she was checking all of my email. And then around 3 p.m. Eastern time, if there was anything urgent, which we defined beforehand, she would text me, there's something urgent. And then that would let me know to go and check email. And I didn't get a single text all week. It was amazing. So it turned out I did some really great prep leading up to this vacation. Four weeks ahead of time, I emailed everyone I have active projects with and confirmed I wasn't going to be available. Then about two weeks, then about one week. And then right before, I also <laughs> know. So the prep work is really good too. But we didn't have any urgent matters come up. I was off the computer. And then it was so interesting to see almost like watching weather roll in. I could see the bad habits come for me when we got back in town Sunday night and I had made the space to not need to check email or do anything work-related until Monday. And it's I blinked and just found myself checking email. It was very odd, but to get to see in real time a bad habit come for me and take my personal time like that was really eye-opening because it's just been a journey of eye-opening realizations that I'm the one who's putting bad work behaviors in my life. That's a surprise. I would have thought it was the demands of the job, but it turns out it was me. So in real time, I was forgiving myself. I was checking email. I was stopping with just personal email and institute email. And then I picked up everything the Monday when I got back. So that was a week ago. I've had a whole week back and it's really weird. It feels weird to not have constant emergencies going on. And that, again, is interesting to me because I would have thought I was always trying to not have emergencies when it turns out maybe a lot of my productivity, maybe a lot of my cycles and stuff came from creating an urgent emergency, taking care of it, creating it. And that's one of the rhythms that I've had. So I'm going to continue documenting what that's because obviously there's going to be some factors like the maturity of my business or what I have going on at home and stuff that that changes and wouldn't make this a relevant or universal thing. But it is interesting to see how me choosing to step back from urgency is having a positive impact. I wonder if it'll all go south. I don't know. It's a great experiment. But with that Life of Leisure update and the 4,000 Weeks update, I've come to see that boredom and distraction and procrastination, it's like I can watch them happening 
like popping up like mushrooms in my workday. And it's so wild because I'm starting to connect that to being signs that my body is done working. And whether that's for a quick break between Pomodoros or if it's I'm done for the day, I don't know. But it's really interesting to see how I've ignored those signs for years. Like I'm familiar with the emotions that are coming up, but I've never, or the feelings that are coming up, but I've never associated them with being done with working. And so now I actually listen to those signs and I'll get up and take a walk around the co-working space or a longer break. I'll take a walk down the street to the grocery store and do laps in a parking lot. But I think in that frenzy of urgency, in that cycle I was creating for myself, there really wasn't room to slow down and listen to my body saying that it's done doing what it's doing. So I have been overriding that just as long as I can remember. It's amazing. And I don't know, that's one of the things I bump up against a lot, which is it's really amazing humans can overcome and adapt and be resilient for all this bad stuff that happens. But it also... Maybe it's not a good thing to be so resilient. Like maybe if I had more urgent signals, I don't know, the signals I get are pretty urgent, so that's not fair. Maybe if we didn't cope with overwork and out so well for so long, we'd stop and fix it sooner. That sounds like wishful thinking now that I'm saying it out loud, but it does make me wonder, like, how good is resilience? Is resilience something that happens in phases, like something bad happens? you're resilient and you keep going? Or is it like a bad habit continues and you're daily using up all this energy to be resilient that we really shouldn't be? And I don't use the word should lightly, but could we let go of a lot of problems if we weren't so resilient, if we addressed it right away? I don't know. But that made me think as I was getting back into the habit of everything, just some of the little things I do to stay focused or at least make sure my focus is directed by me whenever possible. And it's little things like on my computer, I have the menu bar set up so it doesn't come up unless I scroll to it. So that's like a way my workspace is personalized. Same for my desktop. It's just all blank. And I have a little folder where I put things that need to be sorted every couple of weeks. I don't see email or social notifications unless I go to those things. And the result, it ends up being a lot of blank space, which comes with its own problems because it can be hard to be self-directed all the time. But this is one of the things I do to make sure I at least give myself a fighting chance against distraction. And that when I'm focusing my attention, it's because I've chosen or planned for that focus to go there during the workday at least. And I think if you aren't doing things like that yet, if you are starting your day with whatever email notifications come up, that's part of that habit of chasing after the fires and Putting out some fires just leads to more fires sometimes if you don't get to the root of it. One thing I've been thinking about recently, my husband's been getting into illustration and especially digital illustration. And he came across an interview with the guy who did all the Goosebump covers. So the 1990s epic horror elementary school books that for some reason we were all allowed to read. But his name is Tim Jacobus. And it was really cool to hear that the way he designed the covers of all the Goosebumps books was that he didn't actually meet with Harl Stein and draw the cover or read the book and draw the cover. He would actually just get a brief, kind of like a content brief, of what the book was about. And then he'd create four or five 
tiny sketches of what the cover could be. So like a three inch by three inch index card, because anything bigger, he would start to worry about the details. And it also had to be able to be faxed to the publisher for review through a fax machine. So he had to be able to fit four or five of them on a single page to go through the fax machine. Talk about tech limiting and creating the parameters for success. But it's so cool to me to see that happen in real life and with things that we love on the creative side of things, because that's exactly what an outline does to me in B2B. So we get a really brief content outline. We sketch up some ideas in that outline of what this could be without going too far into the nitty gritty, because that's going to distract people from what you're trying to do, which is just establish the idea and the concepts and get agreement and get an agreement about the direction of the piece. So we can now call outlines the goosebump cover approach. Some updates around the Institute that are really exciting. Tomorrow, we have the subject matter expert interviews training. I'm going to go through how I talk to all of these executives and experts and people who are just really niched in B2B and know way more than I do. And I just confidently get on the phone and ask them questions. And that's not something I take for granted because it really intimidated me for the first several years until I figured out what was really going on. So we're going to talk about that in the training tomorrow. And then we've got a special promotion for the Institute membership that ends on Wednesday, so the 31st of August at midnight, where everybody who signs up is going to get a free coaching call. So we'll meet sometime in September for an hour to talk about your specific writing career and what you can be doing now to be making more money, finding better clients, and just generally having a bit more security going into the end of the year. About three people have taken me up on that so far, and I think we could see five to ten happen by Wednesday night, which would just be really special to get people in the membership for September when we're going to talk about the state of B2B writing for 2023. We'll probably talk about some great recession tactics and just some reasons to have a lot of hope and faith and excitement for B2B going into the new year. because. I've seen over the past 10 years, really the only economic issues I've had in B2B are when my personal situation was getting out of hand. So two babies, maternity leaves, husband breaks his leg, and even those ended up being inciting events for more income, not less. But I haven't actually seen an economic downturn affect the possibilities in B2B, and that's just a faith I really want to share with everybody because it's been good. And I think that can be awkward to talk about profit during a pandemic, during a recession, when people are being laid off and these serious things are happening. Serious things are happening. But I think part of my own journey as a writer and a successful business person has been backing up to realize there's nothing wrong with profits and there's nothing wrong with making money as long as you aren't taking advantage of someone. So if you're going to try to profit off of COVID-19, by overbuying important stuff and selling it at a thousand percent markoff, yes, you are trash. That's not a good thing to do. <laughs> I would consider that an ethical problem. And you aren't going to sell people things they don't need on purpose, like ramping up emotional instability and positioning your product as something that is going to help them survive and the only way they can live. Also, pretty human trash mood. 
But way before all of this stuff and before we get to that point of being trash humans who are making money by taking advantage of other people, the reality is that individual humans and families need money to achieve basic needs and build their future. And we do that by getting a job or starting a business. Those needs don't go away just because the world as we know it has changed. And if anything, financial stability helps us get through those times by creating a softer place to land for ourselves, our families, our communities, everyone. So when I start thinking about B2B being a really healthy place for for writers to keep finding work and to keep working for businesses, that's what I'm talking about. We're not making money because we're heartless and we're mercenary. We're making money because we're being of real service to companies who are navigating COVID-19, who are helping other companies navigate COVID-19. So the best way we can continue to insulate ourselves from that up and down and to stay profitable is to focus on these topics and industries that are behind the scenes that have to continue to function when things get tough for the whole world. And that, it just is B2B. That is super cool. But anyway, there's going to be a lot more of that in the September training around the 20th. And then we're going to have two office hour sessions before I send my husband off to Disneyland for a little trip at the end of September because he loves to go to the Halloween Horror Nights, I think. And I always forget if Disneyland or Disney World is in Florida. So please, no hate mail about that unless it's Disney-related stuff, which I'm sure he'd enjoy. But he's going to go do that right before I head to Charleston in October. So I'm planning on a little more travel. I've already got time off and vacation marked off on the calendar through the end of the year, which is another leisure life goal. That was pretty cool because I'm really learning the lesson when, when I wait for vacation to take me, it's an emergency and it's just burnout and I collapse and I have to push stuff back. But when I proactively put it on the calendar, when I reduce the amount of time I'm able to work, somehow everything is still working. So it's just amazing how much faith it takes to schedule a vacation and just assume everything's going to work out. And I just want to say that for anyone who feels like they can't schedule a vacation, and I don't mean vacation, pay a lot of money and go somewhere. I just mean a weekend where you literally don't work and don't think about work. You got to schedule it now before you need it and before it's an emergency because that's what keeps it from being an emergency. And maybe that's what can keep us from some of these emergency spirals that are really bringing us down. But before Charleston, before Disneyland or Disney World, whichever one, I need to find a better way to remember that. I'm also going to be launching the next round of the B2B Writing Seminar, which is just my favorite time of the year, which happens three times a year. So that's a good thing to have as my favorite. But October 7th, through November 17th, November 18th, we're going to be meeting once a week and I'm breaking down the whole process of what goes into B2B writing and how to think like a B2B writer in a way that's going to get you hired more sophisticated, better paying kind of jobs. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more talking about that in the time to come, but it's mainly because I'm excited to do that every Friday. Next, that's going to be all for now and I'll catch up with you again later this week. If you have any questions or just thoughts about what could be interesting to talk about, don't hesitate to email me at hello at b2bwritinginstitute.com. 
because I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Bye.